Hello, my name is Simon Miller from What Culture Wrestling, and you are listening to the Podmania Pro Wrestling Podcast, and you better keep listening to it. Why? Here's why. You're, You're listening, listening to, to the Podmania, Podmania Pro, Pro Wrestling, Wrestling Podcast, Podcast, a sample of the best pro wrestling podcasts we can produce on our tiny budget. Check us out on Apple Podcasts, Podcast Addict, CastBox, and all other podcast platforms. If it's wrestling you want, check out more of our great content at podmania.co.uk. Let's do this. Hello, 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 and welcome to Podmania, the pro wrestling podcast with just one host this week. Yep, it's me, it's the old man, it's Garth, and I'm going to talk into your ear holes uh, about Impact Wrestling and Slammiversary. Unfortunately, Chris is away, he's searching for the one guitar that he doesn't own, that was a collection of 15,000, uh, and Rob is still out there looking for a good Randy Orton match. That obviously I just the uh, family stuff and you know day to day life gets in the way. I thought I'd put something out there just to talk about uh, Slammiversary as that is pretty much the only stuff I've watched this week. Um, obviously we'll have predictions for um, Fight of the Fallen and Extreme Rules coming up. So keep an eye on the website, keep an eye on Facebook, keep an eye on Twitter. We'll we'll put our predictions up there. Um, as always, you can get in touch on Twitter uh, at Podmania. Um, I'll give you the the other stuff at the end, and obviously the guy who introduces this gives you more information that I can remember because my brain is really old. But um, no, let's talk about um, Slammiversary. It was it was a good card. Um, I thought it was better than a lot of people had expected. There were a couple of twists and turns. Um, the main event was excellent, I thought, and a really good sort of flag waving for an agenda thing. I mean, not many people I know have really been talking about it too much, but it's something that I think WWE really want to try and get have a go of, but obviously the last time it was nixed by the uh, the corporate side of things. But um, I think Impact really showed what you can do with this sort of thing, uh, especially sort of two great wrestlers like Sammy and Tessa. But um, no, let, let's get into it. Um, so... Slammiversary came from Dallas, Texas, sold out crowd, just over a thousand people I think. Um crowd really into it, really good setup. It looked like to me it looked like a really old um like a TNA old school pay per view. Um it had the sweeping cameras and things like that and it just had a really cool look about it and the crowd were into it. There was no real smoggy uh, chance or trying to get themselves over at any point they were, they were cheering for the the people who you thought they would, they were booing, they were getting into it. Um, really good night. Um, really enjoyed the show. Um, it started off with basically straight out of the gates. Um, TJP, the returning sort of, I suppose you could class him as a TNA legend, as he's obviously was um, manic and suicide before that. Um, he came down, then there was Trey from the Rascals, Jake Christ, obviously he's always in these sort of X Division matches, um, and Willie Mack, who still defies all sort of logic when it comes to high flying and what it can do uh, considering he's quite a big dude but um, this is a really good match I mean Willie Mack straight out the gate got a massive pop the crowd really really liked his stuff 
um, really sort of behind him at the start. Um, and after watching this match, I'd, I'd spoke to the guys on sort of our message and said, the standout guy in this match was TJP, but also equally so Trey from the Rascals just has that something about him and he really does remind me of sort of Ricochet. Um, he has the, the same sort of look, the same build. The stuff he does in the ring's incredible. Um, TJP's the same. Um, I guess from what we've read in reports and things like that, it, it's his attitude more than anything. It's in-ring stuff is undeniable. It's the stuff he was doing with um, sort of Willie Mack and I mean he did a, a double octopus stretch on Jake and Trey. Um, the things he was doing were just so smooth. Um, even the stuff he was doing with in and out of the ring, doing his moves out of the ring, um, just such a good talent. You just think, why, why wasn't, why wasn't he used by WWE more? I get he was the sort of the mainstay on the 205, but there's no reason why he couldn't have took the step up. Um, but no, this match was really good. Um, there was a really good spot with the tray where TJP had him in like a surfboard stretch. Um, and then Jake went for the pin on TJP. Which I thought was really sort of clever, sort of in the sort of underneath tray pinning him. So Willie Mack had to jump off the top rope and stomp onto tray to, to break up that. That was a really good sort of spot. Um, Jake Chris's kicks, as always, absolutely superb. Um, I mean, half the time it does look like he's connecting, he's taking that guy's head off. Um, really, really enjoy that. Um, and then Jake hit a top rope cutter on tray. Um, Willie Mack then did a massive frog splash and picked up the win. I'll be honest, I didn't see Willie Mack winning this one. I thought it would have been TJP or maybe Ace Austin coming down um, because it was originally supposed to be like an open challenge. Um, it must have just changed that just before the card. Um, Ace Austin didn't make an appearance, so um, it was a good win for Willie Mack, but everyone got their stuff in. Everybody comes out looking good. Um, really good start to the show. Um, a typical sort of TNA old school sort of X Division match. Um, really good. Um, then they went into the tag team match. Um, they had to do a sort of recap on the fact that the North had been included in this match because it originally was LEX versus the Rascals for the, the tag match, uh, belts that LEX held. Um, but at the bash at the brewery, which was just before this event, um, the North, so um, Alexander and Paige, they sort of got in on the match at that event, cheated with the belts, pinned LAX, and they took the belts at that event, so, I mean, it wasn't on TV, as far as I can see, but it is good that they're doing this for sort of the, the little mini house show event, like the house show pay-per-views, it means that there are actual belt changes that are going to happen there, and it, it's going to entice the fans in, um, so, and, and I mean the inclusion of the North into this match is excellent, because they've been a really, really good team since they've come in. Um, Josh Alexander's just really sort of smooth. Reminds me a lot of old school stuff, obviously. Bret Hart style, crisp. Looks like it really hurts everything he does. Um, so here we had um, Rascals versus LEX versus The North. Um, the North really worked in the heel sort of role really, really well, I thought. Um, I found them really... Um, not sort of the, the crowd pandering type, but just doubling down on a lot of sort of hurting people and looking like they're getting a bit of pleasure out of it, which 
I think Josh Alexander sort of excels in. Um, there was, there were, I mean, there were there were moments where it was confusing as to who was legal, but that tends to happen in these big match sort of six man tag matches. Um, I mean, the action was never dull. It was always sort of hundred mile an hour most of the time. Um, there was a, a really good sort of spot with um, Alexander did a moonsault slam with Dez off the top rope. Um, so basically, he had him in a sort of um, like he was going to do a like overhead throw and just flip back off the top rope with him. That was a really cool move. Um, Santana seemed to hurt his leg. He got pushed off the turnbuckle onto the ramp. Seemed to sort of hurt his leg. I don't know if that was kayfabe. I haven't really heard anything about him being legit injured. Um, but it sort of worked into the match. They had to move him to the side, so Ortiz was in there all on his own. Um, so, sort of, Page, so, at one point, so Ethan Page just picked up Dez and hurled him, uh, at Santana to stop the pin on, uh, Alexander. That was really, sort of, quite brutal because they were sort of the big men in this match and they really sort of played to those strengths. Um, so, um, then Santana's obviously on the floor, Alexander goes for the pin, Page jumps on top of him to sort of double down on the pin. Um, so they win the match, the North, they, they retain. It was a really, really fun match. Um, Santana, again, they played into that at the end. They had to sort of carry him off. He wanted to walk. The, the commentary kept saying, yeah, he's, he's a proud man. He doesn't want to help, have help. But, um, I mean, if it's storyline, it's really, really good. If he is legit injured, that's not great. Um, I think we all know that um, the reports suggest that their the contracts are up soon, so they might be looking for a new home. Obviously, you've got AEW. They've got a a good, a decent tag division, but I think they could, I mean, LAX would elevate any tag division at the minute. They're easily one of the best in the world, and I would love to see more LAX versus Lucha matches, Lucha Brothers matches any day. Um, could easily see them going to WWE if the assurance was there that they're going to sort of focus on some tag team matches. Um, but I hope they do stay with Impact, I really do. Impact have built a really solid sort of core, roster of very, very good wrestlers, and yes, it's thin on the ground when it comes to tag teams sometimes, but it also means that these people get TV time every week, um, so yeah, hopefully hopefully they do stay, even if they do sort of other appearances for the sort of promotions that they're currently doing, um, more than happy to see them stay, um, so yeah, I mean, that, that match was great, um, I gave it a 7 out of 10, the previous match, the um, the exhibition 7 out of 10 again, um, that just lo- a lot of fun, that's the, thing, that's the theme that I had going through this whole thing, it was a fun pay-per-view, there was no real sort of eye-roll moments, there was nothing that was boring, it was all just a solid sort of 3 hour pay-per-view, um, so that was um, the LAX match, and then we have a video which sort of changed the dynamic of the whole pay-per-view, I would say, because originally the, the, the main event was obviously Elgin versus Brian Cage for the World Heavyweight Championship, but Sammy Callahan had apparently sort of flexed his muscle, because he is the draw, he is the main man, um, and to give the fans what they want, apparently, or what the fans had been demanding, and to give Tessa her, what, quote-unquote, equality, 
Um, he spoke to the bosses, and now that their match would be the main event. So main event in this whole card would be Tessa versus Sammy Callahan. Um, and I like that. I like the fact that he's they're making it out that he is a real sort of power holder in this whole company. Um, obviously he was wrestler of the the year. Uh, he had match of the year last year with um, Pentagon Junior. Um, so it's good. It all ties in, and and Tessa's all in on this. She's she's been doing sort of roughhousing with baseball bats and beating up the Chris and things. So I like it. It's it's a good story, and it's a good way to get into gender wrestling. In um, there's no reason why this can't be a thing now. There is no reason. It's it's pageantry. There's no. I don't see an argument for not having it. Um, much as I love Jim Cornette, I know he's not an advocate of it, but after watching this and some of the other matches that I've seen in the past, it's it's just fun, and it, it, it's another dynamic to add to wrestling, which can become stale. <clears throat> so, moving on from that, we had uh, Killer Cross versus Eddie Edwards, their feud sort of coming to a head here in their first blood match, um, so first person to bleed loses, which... At times I thought, this is maybe going to last a minute, the fact that they were beating the ever-living shit out of each other at the beginning. Uh, Killer Cross came down looking brilliant, psychopathic, a little bit like Seven from WCW, so those who remember Dustin Rhodes' infamous shoot promo with the Seven character who was essentially a bit of a paedophile pervert. Yeah, less said about that, the better. Um, so Killer Cross came down, face-painted white, black sort of cross across his eyes, Looking like a psycho. Um, Eddie Edwards comes down and they just get into it. They just kick off. Um, Eddie Edwards, for some reason, I, I don't know why this irked us and why I noticed, but I would, you would think for one of the sort of big, big pay-per-views, I mean, Killer Cross did it. He put, like, put some face paint on and things. Um, wore Vickers collar, which I thought was quite funny. Um, Eddie Edwards comes down in an Impact t-shirt. Now, you would think, surely Eddie Edwards has his own t-shirt and he would wear that. It just seemed a bit odd. Um, especially for one of the sort of flagship pay-per-views. Um, I mean, it's not, not a big deal. I just for some reason I noticed it straight away. Why is he not wearing an Eddie Edwards t-shirt? Um, but even a, it would have been, I thought it would have been even a nice sort of wink and nod if you wore like a Sandman t-shirt or something. Obviously, the past sort of in the storyline where Cross had sort of kidnapped so, um, Sandman waterboarded him, uh, beat them up and things like that. So, um, but under the match, it was, it's a good match. It was a good, sort of, hardcore match. Uh, anything with Eddie Edwards is going to be stiff. And the slaps he was given a cross. At times you thought, he's just going to burst his chest here and match over. Um, but it was just exactly what you expected from these two guys in a blood feud. Um, pardon the pun. Uh, I mean, there was a choke bomb, so Killer Cross picks up Eddie Edwards in a double-handed choke and just bombs him onto the apron, and honestly, a slam from that, fucking hell, that's the type of shit that will put you out of action for a while. Um, so that, I mean, that was brutal, and that's the way it went, it went sort of, Killer Cross kind of sort of dominated with the with the wrestling he, he sort of hitting gut wrench power bombs and slams and backbreakers and things like that um he did a i mean at one point 
he sort of threw a chair off Eddie Edwards' heads. And I thought, well, there you go, that, that, that's bust dumping. Luckily it wasn't. Uh, Costed a sort of gut wrench from the apron onto, onto a pile of chairs. Um, and Eddie Edwards just seemed to take all this in. Um, and, but they all, it all tied in because the, I mean, commentary really made this a good match when they kept saying Eddie is willing to sacrifice his body to get the first cut. So he was sort of doing all this and then trying to sort of hit cross with a weapon and then eventually he sacrifices um, Kenny, the Kendall stick, by kicking him in, uh, snapping him in half and uh, sort of trying to ram it down Cross's throat and make him bleed. It was a bit odd because I thought, holy shit, why didn't you just cut him open? I mean, he had a bit of blood on his chest anyway, but um, the sort of, I don't know, I guess the, well, obviously the gimmick, the blood, and then um, Killer Cross had blood sort of pissing out of his mouth, and um, so obviously the ref called that first blood, Eddie Edwards wins. Um, it was good, it was good, I mean, like I say, it's exactly what you would have expected and what you wanted from this match. You, it didn't need to go along. It was a good end to this feud and hopefully, fingers crossed, uh, Cross sort of sticks around and gets a feud with someone else. Even if they continue this, it'll be, it'll be decent. I mean, the thing with Eddie Edwards is he can do both. He can do the hardcore stuff and we all know he can wrestle. So, he's a good hand to have around and Killer Cross is just a monster and he's got to be a star in the making. He's, he's just, he's got a bit of everything. His promo stuff is just fantastic. Um, so moving on to that. We had Mr. Impact Moose versus RVD. This was probably the weakest match on the card, which I sort of expected with RVD. Anyone who listens to the pod would know that I'm not a massive RVD fan, especially this version of RVD, who can barely move. But to give him his dues, he did seem to really be into this, and he did give it his all, and it was like our old RVD. Um... He was bumping like a motherfucker again. Um, he missed a couple of shots. He did a sort of apron flip onto the floor and missed, and that really looked like it hurt. He just missed the uh, announce table. Um, Moose was just sort of playing the sort of chicken shit heel for most of this, and he used the ref at one point to sort of shield himself, and then he low-blowed RVD. Um, a chair came into it at one point, and it was in the middle of the ring, sort of RVD went for the five-star frog splash and missed. Um, went onto the chair. Um, sort of Moose got up from that, hit him with the big spear for the win. It sort of ended... I mean, I, I thought RVD would have won this, but I suppose him... He doesn't need to win this. He's a legend. Moose getting the win is big for him. Um, so, yeah, it, it, was a, it was a decent match. Seven out, uh, Six out of ten, I give this one. Uh, sorry, I give uh, the Cross versus Edwards another seven. Just a really good fun match. Um, this Moose vs RVD was short. It was it, again. It, it got Moose over. It didn't sort of show many of RVD's sort of limitations. Now he did. He got his stuff in. Um, it's decent. I give that one at six. Um, then after this, we had the Monsters Ball, which might not be the best match on the card, but possibly my favourite. Um, so we had Sue Young versus. Jessica Havoc versus Rosemary versus Ty Valkyrie. Um, Ty, obviously the champion going into this. Uh, this was for the championship. Um, 
Jim Mitchell had set up this match pre- uh, a couple of weeks ago. So Sue Young and Havoc had sort of been working together. Um, Rosemary and Tyre had sort of been working together, but now it was sort of all gloves off, everyone and everyone. Um, and straight from the off again, brutal. Everyone start, just ran into the middle, started leathering each other. Uh, spills outside. So um, Jessica, I think it was Sue Young, just smashes into the railing. Um, Rosemary, I would, she was MVP in this match, she was excellent. And since she's come back, she's been really, really, really solid. Um, you can see why she is sort of revered, especially in this character role. Um, she's just fucking a bit of a lunatic and willing to sort of let people do the crazy shit, uh, which is what I'll talk about in a minute. Um, I mean, there's one part, and to be fair to Taya, We've sort of shit on her quite a bit with some of our matches and things, but she's much more suited to this stuff. Every time I've seen her in a sort of hardcore, sort of no DQ match, she's much more at home seemingly, um, because she's very sort of heavy-handed with her moves. This didn't really, this match didn't really entail much wrestling this year. There's more sort of the just sort of strikes and weapons and things, and her character just worked in this role. Um, I mean, there's one part where she <laughs> she had a sort of eight by ten of herself and just stapled at the Sue Young's head, and that was just so so brutal, but such a sort of fun spot, and the crowd really really got into it. And sort of Sue Young, I mean, you've got to be a bit mental to to let somebody staple something to your forehead, sort of Mick Foley style, but um, it, it leads into the sort of the fact that she's willing to do anything to keep a hold of our championship entire. Um, Taya then is slammed into a chair in the corner. Again, just looked brutal. Um, the chair all, hardly even moved and she's just crumpled into it. Um, Taya slammed um, Havoc's face into a chair and it legitimately looked like it busted her face in. Um, she was bleeding a little bit, but it looked absolutely brutal. Um, then we had Rose and Sue Young falling onto a ladder. Again, looked like it really fucking hurt. Um, especially Rosemary, she sort of landed, took the brunt, the sort of the, the brunt of it all. Um, and then we get, um, Rosemary goes out the ring and we get the tax. And whenever the tax come out, it's always a bit cringy and not in a embarrassing way. It's a bit just sort of, ow, that's really gonna fucking hurt. Um, luckily this time nobody had their boots taken off. Um, like during Janella style, so, um, it wasn't that crazy, but all the same, the, the tax come out, they go into the corners they normally do. Um, Jim Mitchell comes running down. Sue Young has the red mist. She misses. <laughs> Gets um, Mitchell in the face. Uh, Havoc sort of dodges out the way of that. Um, so, and then Taya picks up Rosemary, puts her face first into the tax. Yep, face first. That really just... I said that, yeah, face first, that's horrible. Um, Tyre and Rose then sort of battle it out and they're sort of, sort of teetering on the edge as, as they're doing, there's a table set up. Um, they both end up going through it. Um, and then, uh, the whole pay-per-view, there the, were a couple of crazy spots. This is the fucking most mentalist, craziest, holy shit spot. And it's, um, Jessica Havoc picks up Sue Young, <laughs> um, 
takes it, well, she takes it to the top row, picks her up, puts her on a tombstone. Tombstones are from the top row onto the tacks. Goes for the pin. Taya Valkyrie runs in, smashes Havoc with the chair, rolls her out, pins Sue Young, keeps the belt. Really good finish. I really, really like that finish. I mean, that, that move is hella crazy. Um, but Taya winning didn't really, didn't really annoy me as I thought it would. Um, I'd hoped sort of Rosemary will get it. Um, I think she will get it eventually, but I think Taya getting it makes sense still. She's sort of playing this dominant sort of character as well as the chicken ship person who doesn't want to hold, sort of, doesn't want to give up the, the title shot so easily. So this really worked. Um, and again, other than Sue Young, who didn't really seem to get a lot in on this one, I think Jessica Hover came out looking really, really good. Um, Taya came out looking like she can roll with any style. And Rosemary, as always, just looked a business. Yeah, yeah really good match. And like I said, this is probably my favourite match. Not the best match, but I think I had the most fun with this one. Um, so I give that one as close to a nine as it can get, but because I'm not allowed to do halves, uh, I'll go eight. But it was a really good match. Highly recommend it. I mean, if you were only had to pick a couple of matches out of this one, this would be the one. This would be one of the ones that I would pick. Um, it was just a really good fun match. So next up, we had. Johnny Impact versus Rich Swan for the X Division Championship. Um, so going into this, and until he brought that Red X out, I forgot that Johnny Impact was even the sort of challenger with with that X. Um, oh, the the story going in is obviously with Johnny Bravo sort of turning on basically the whole of Impact to side with Johnny. He's became a sort of little stooge. Um, he, I mean, he's been quite funny to be fair. He's done, he's done an alright job. He's, he's done what he needs to do. Last week he was sort of in the, the referee's dressing gown bragging about how him and, um, Johnny and Pac were, were best pals and if Rich Swan was there he would have him by the scruff of the neck and things like that. So he, he's playing quite a good role. It, it's fun. It's the, it's like a sort of classic old style sort of manager role. Um, so going into this, Swan had had enough impact challenge and saying you're going to be light, lighter coming out of some reversal with your title, things like that. And honestly, like Johnny Impact suits this role much better, the sort of swarmy, egotistical Hollywood wannabe, rather than the, the lame, cookie-cutter, boring sort of baby face. I think this is much better for his sort of character and the whole thing with Ty sort of ties into it. Um, so, I mean, the match was decent. It was good. It was so, sort of typical Rich Swan Impact match. Nothing fancy in the way of anything out of the ordinary. They pretty much stuck to the tried and tested stuff they did. Johnny Impact does the the nice moves. He, I still don't get the the sort of Starship Pain move. It just doesn't do it for me. He does a double. Um, Spanish fly, so it comes off the top rope, Spanish fly, immediately stands Swan up, does the Spanish fly. That's a much better move, that should be, that should be his finisher. The Moonlight Drive's a good move, the sort of swing and neck breaker. Um, Rich Swan got his stuff in, he did sort of a roll and flip splash sort of thing, that was really good. Um, 
Johnny Bravo got involved, as we expected. He sort of found the bag of tacks, I'm guessing from the previous match. Sort of weaved them at the ref. Ref was sort of distracted, obviously. Um, Rich one has to sort of come out and take Johnny Bravo out with the dive out of the ring. I mean, it was, it was a good match. There was nothing really to sort of shout home about, which is slightly disappointing, but then these are re- both really, really good guys and they just put on a good, solid championship match. And it'd be interesting to see where they go after it. I mean, there was a rolling cutter by Swan, then he does the 450 sort of, um, dive for the win. Johnny Impact, I think because he's another one whose contract's up, I'm wondering if this maybe sort of ties into the fact he hasn't got the belt and that he's been sort of moved away from the world title picture. I don't think he should be in that title picture. There are better people. Um, but this was like a good match. It was not the best match on the card. It wasn't, I probably wouldn't say it was the worst match. It was well worth the time to put in. But I think the matches that surrounded it, the one that came before after it, completely dwarfed it. So, yeah, going into that sort of next match, it was a good setup because you'd had the sort of high of the previous match with the Monsters Ball. Um, that was crazy. This was back to normal sort of regular wrestling, I suppose you would call it. But a good match. Swan gets the win, keeps the belt. I'd give it a 7. I'd give it a 7 out of 10. Um, where it takes impact, I don't know. Rich one has the belt. Hopefully somebody like Dez, or maybe he had a, maybe he has a sort of feud with Willie Mack, like a sort of friendly feud. Um, I'd like to see them two go at it. To be honest, the exhibition is quite strong at the minute. So anyone challenging for that, I think we'll see some good matches. Moving on from that though, we had, um, sort of Mike Elgin cut a decent promo for his standard. Normally is quite sort of difficult. I wouldn't say difficult. More um, quite stilted in them. Doesn't really seem too serious, but this was a lot better. Um, sort of promises that he's going to be putting Cage back in the hospital. He shouldn't have come out. He's going to take the belt. He's going to do exactly what he came to do. That sort of thing. But it worked. It was it was good. They showed the promo package for Cage sort of building his way back up with him coming back. That, uh, a couple of weeks ago, sort of unannounced, that was that was a nice surprise. So when we got into the match, Brian Cage just looked came out looking like as he knows always does a machine, a monster, just just a man of muscle, just unbelievable. And I mean Elgin is a big guy and he still sort of is kind of dwarfed next to uh, Brian Cage. Brian Cage is just a freak. I mean, the stuff he's doing in the match, he's, he does this huge sort of German suplex on Elgin, no effort whatsoever, then goes and does an outside flip. He does sort of high kicks to the face. He does a running, he does a scent on at some point in the match. Um, what, what was really good about the match though was the fact Elgin worked the back through the whole match and Cage sold the back through the whole match, so that sort of tied into the whole storyline with Cage being out with his back injury after Elgin sort of attacked him uh, with his debut. So, I mean, Elgin 
picks up Cage from the mat in a deadlift into a sort of power bomb, gives him a buckle bomb, um, then Elgin hits him with a sort of destroyer. So he's, he's just hitting move after move on Cage's back, and it's really good to see Cage selling it and using it. I mean, at one point Cage goes for the drill claw, and he can't get Elgin up because his back gives out. Little things like that really sort of play into the story, and I really sort of like that sort of thing. Um, Elgin does a sort of, just sort of goes crazy at one point, smashing Cage's back in with his fists and in the corner, he's sort of kicking him down, beating him up. Um, and then, I mean, Elgin's on top for a lot of the match, and Elgin goes for another power bomb, and then he goes for a top rope move and sort of misses. Somehow Elgin ends up on the floor. Uh, he goes for, I can't remember what move it was he went for now. He goes for a move in there. Cage goes for sort of, he does the, the Yohan heart, heart spot. He does on Brett where he just sort of sits down on him and pins him. Just out of nowhere. And that was a really, I thought that was a really smart move. Because it makes both of those guys come out. Cage keeps the belt. So he hasn't hit the win. Elgin, it's a sort of sneaky pin, so he hasn't really lost. He's lost. He's lost the result, but in the match he was up, and he really did do Cage some damage. So these two will definitely sort of face off again. I think Cage keeping the belt, the right idea, the right choice. He obviously he's been out with the, the back injury. His run so far has been good. He's had good matches. Elgin match this this Elgin match was excellent. I mean, both guys got their stuff in. Both guys showed their power. They both showed their athleticism. I mean, Elgin is no slouch, but Cage is just on the next level. He's he's like a I don't know, like a hulking luchador who will run up and do a backflip off the top rope. It's, it's insane to see, but it's it's really really refreshing. It's really good, and I think these two really sort of like play off each other really well. So hopefully we'll see more of that. I mean, after the bell, so Johnny, no, Johnny, uh, Brian Cage has got the win. Elgin not happy, attacks him with the belt, knocks him out. Goes to the announce table, sort of screaming that I should have won that match. Don Callis, I mean, last week on Impact, Elgin sort of attacked Don Callis and he was about to sort of powerbomb him. And Cage came down for the win. Don Callis gets up in Elgin's face again, <laughs> touches him, and the best the best chant of the night was when the crowd started saying, "You fucked up, you fucked up, you fucked up," because Don touched Elgin and Elgin was not happy. So Elgin grabbed Don, took him into the ring. Was it just about up? So give him the power bomb, and then somebody inverted commas somebody comes out from the crowd, runs into the ring. And gives Elgin a spear or what more closely resembled a gore. So I think we all know who that probably is. It was a masked man. He was under a hood so he couldn't see but it looked very sort of small, stocky with short arms. I'm pretty sure it's Rhino. I haven't seen any news to say if he's been confirmed or anything but I know he's not with WWE anymore. All the other ECW geezers are there now. So if it is Rhino, fair enough. I mean, he can still put on a match. 
I don't want to see him anywhere near any of the titles. If he's just used as a jobber or as a get, someone to get somebody over, fair enough. But really, we should be moving away from these guys now. It's not. It's really not helpful to the, to the younger guys. It is profile-wise, but letting these old guys have more limelight than they should be. Like Sam Man shouldn't be anywhere near TV. It's just, he shouldn't be. So, it's interesting to see where it goes, if it definitely is Rhino. It might not be, but I'm pretty, I'm 99% sure it is. Um, but, taking away, like, nothing from this match, the, the Elgin and Cage match, it was probably the best match of the night. There's so much went into it, there's so much story, there was, like I say, the work at the back, the, they introduced sort of management as such, Don Callis. I mean, they don't sort of go into it that much, but Elgin's clearly going to him to say, listen, I've been screwed over here. You're the manager and let me sort of, I should have won. So it'll be interesting to see where they go, what happens on their sort of next week's impact. So, no, really, really good match. Like I say, probably the best match of the night. Not, not my favourite, like I said previously, but the best match. And, yeah, I'd give this one a 9 out of 10 for this pay-per-view. It was just a really good match. And I highly recommend anyone watches this, especially if you are sort of new to Impact or if you're not really familiar with what either of these guys do. A brilliant showcase for both of them. Um, just a really, really good match. Uh, so then we move on to the main event, which... Hats off to Impact. I mean, there are, obviously there are... A lot of promotions out there doing intergender wrestling. I don't know how many of them are doing it on national and international TV in the US. But this can only be good. And what better people to do it? Tessa Blanchard is, in my opinion, the best female wrestler working at the moment. Sammy Callahan is probably one of the best male workers at the moment. Um, he can work whatever style you want to work. Tessa's proven in the past with matches with Ty Valkyrie that she can do the hardcore stuff. So I was really, really looking forward to this match going in. It really didn't disappoint. Both of them sort of came out of the ring with bats. Tessa came out all in gold. Looking totally amazing. Um, and straight from the bat again, they just started leathering the shit out of each other. Tessa sort of ran out the ring, started punching Sammy. Sammy was... Telling her to come on, keep hitting me, keep hitting me, and then he hit her, and then she he was kind of sort of shocked. They took it outside. Um, well, she sort of threw Sammy out. She went for a dive. Sammy caught caught her legs, and then sort of giant swinging into the like sort of into the railing twice, and that looked pretty pretty good, pretty brutal. Um, then end up on the other side of the ring for some reason. Sammy thinks, right, okay, I'm going to issue a, an apron bomb on <laughs> Tessa's back. Smash a Tessa into that. Um, he gets in the ring and he just thought, right, count it. I'm done. I've done what I need to do, which again, for his character, was perfect. All the way through this, he said, no, we shouldn't be doing this. I'm going to treat you like an equal. This is what you want. This is what the fans want. She just manages to beat the 10 count. Um, and it just sort of, it just turns into a, just a total brawl. Where it's blow for blow, move for move. Um, at some point, they end up on the ramp. Tessa issues, gives him a cutter. At one point, Sammy 
is telling the crowd to move out the way because he wants to power bomb Tessa off the the ramp into the crowd. So I mean the, the intent there and it's and the intensity. Um Tessa again lays into Sammy and it gives him a small job. So I mean she's given as good as she's getting in this match and she's hitting him with some power moves. Um Tessa there's I mean there's a really nasty bump where sort of Sammy's in the corner half sort of tree of war style. Uh, Tessa runs to give him the sort of DDT in the corner. And she must hit her nose because she starts constantly hitting her nose and she's sort of wincing and I don't know if she's maybe broke it or tweaked it. Um she's bleeding from the nose anyway. Um I mean but that move in itself was looked pretty painful, as most moves do, but that one looked especially sort of nasty. Um and you just see where they wanted to go with this and the fact that Tessa's just 100% game for this, just brilliant. Um, and it shows you what they can do with this. It doesn't have to be, um, oh, you're a girl, I can't hit girls because that's the way the world is. Yeah, it is, but this is wrestling and they're all performers and it's just, just fun. So, I mean, Tessa starts attacking Sammy again. Um, she hit, I mean, the ref comes over to say, look, get out the corner. She elbows him in the face, knocks him down by mistake. Um, so she ends up with a bat at some point. Um, sorry, Sammy ends up with a bat. It's her with the bat. Another ref comes down. Uh, he drops him with the bat. And Sammy's just absolutely lost it at this point. He's sort of going crazy in the ring. Somehow Tessa ends up giving him a stores. Like a, like two magnums. So up on the top rope, code breaker from the top rope, gives him another one from the top rope. Then she, takes, like, smooth as you like, as good as anyone I've seen, from that move, switches it straight into a sort of cross face. Really going for it. He counters that into a small package. She gets it back into a sort of cross face. Just a really nice sort of set, like, succession of moves. Really well done. Um, it was a really good match. Intergender or not, it was a really fun, hardcore match. I mean, this was probably, I mean, it wasn't really a hardcore match on the billing, but it was probably more brutal than the Killer Cross and Eddie Edwards match. Just the fact that they legitimately looked like they wanted to tear each other to pieces. Um, so Sammy ends up getting, somehow he sort of works his way out. He gets Tessa into a tombstone. She kicks out. He gives her another pile driver, so He's already given one tombstone in, and it, I mean, when she kicks out the first sort of pile driver, can't believe it. Oh, absolutely astonishing. And the crowd, when she kicked out of that, probably the biggest pop of the night, because everyone, I mean, Sammy Callahan hits a pile driver, it's done. The fact she's kicked out of this that not many people have is just insane, and the crowd responded, and it was really, really well done. He picks her up, straight away gives her another pile driver, pins, he gets the win. Either way, I think either way, they both win on that match. Whoever wins, it's, it would be nice to see Tessa win. Um, I think there's more to this to come, which I like. Tessa wasn't ha- sort of at the end of it. You sort of see Sammy sort of give a a bat back, sort of as if to say, "Look, 
I respect the fact that you came at me and gave me everything and took it to the wire, kicked out of my finisher. So he left her in the ring sort of, like sort of, sort of a nod in appreciation for what she'd done, um, which was good. And she was left in the ring and the crowd gave her a really good ovation because I think maybe a, a lot of people just didn't expect it to be that. And it was just, just a really, really solid, solid match. Really good. Again, I'd give it an 8 out of 10. It's, it's up there with as close as it can get to the Elgin match for sort of twists and turns and false finishes and things like that. Um, which a really good match and I'd say well worthy of finishing the show. It, it was just a really good match and definitely, definitely highly recommend anyone go and watch it, especially if you want to see what can be done with intergender stuff, it doesn't have to be the, the stuff we've seen before with the Glenn Gilberti thing where he's coming down saying, oh, you can't wrestle, he's not really going for it. Sammy Callahan went for it and he's done it when they've had promos in the past where he kicked Tessa in the chest and sent her absolutely flying across the ring. So this, they've set the bar now and hopefully we'll see some more of this and it'll continue to sort of grow that sort of side of it so overall really really good sort of pay-per-view a lot of fun definitely definitely check it out if you've not seen much impact stuff if you're still on the fence if you sort of used to watch it when it used to be good and then you when it went turned into absolute dog shit you fell away and it's it's a good alternative and it's again this was three hours was three hours this was better than the average episode of all I dare say it. it definitely is definitely better wrestling. The stories are simple and make sense. That Tessa versus Sammy match alone is worth it. The elegant Brian Cage match is brilliant. The Monsters Ball, it's just a really, really good show. So highly, highly, highly recommend. Um, but that is the, that is it. That is the review of Slammiversary. Um, let us, let us know what you think. Get in touch. Uh, you can get in touch with us on um, Twitter at Podmania. Um, you can get in touch with me if you want to shout at me or I don't know, send me some gifts and shit like that. Uh, yeah, I'm at Gothamania. You can get in touch with Chris at Candy Chris, I believe. Yeah, he's still using that. Um, Rob is uh, real Rob Goodwin because the fake one keeps trying to get in touch with people. And we're on Facebook. I know Chris has sort of taken over the Facebook as such, and he's going to start doing a load of stuff. Also got some plans for the YouTube channel. We're going to be doing some more stuff there because we sort of started doing some sort of wrestling promotion videos and just sort of fell away because of time and things like that. But we've got some plans for that. We're sort of working on something along the same lines, but hopefully more content. Um, but no, get in touch. Um, love to hear from you guys. So yeah, that's all from me and adios. You've been listening to the Podmania Pro Wrestling Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Podmania, Facebook at Podmania Podcasts, and YouTube and Instagram at RealPodmania. And check out the website, podmania.co.uk. Until next time, wrestling fans. Podmania.